Well, good morning, Grace Church. Welcome to the house of the Lord. How's everybody feeling this morning? Why don't you look over at your neighbor sitting nearby, give them a smile, tell them you're glad to see them on campus today. Those joining us on Facebook Live and live stream, we're so glad you've chosen to be part of the service today. Before we go into our worship set, let me just remind you that this Tuesday at 10 o'clock, there will be prayer here in the sanctuary, Tuesday morning prayer. If you can be a part of that, we invite you to join us. I've been hearing tremendous reports coming out of Tuesday prayer at 10 o'clock, just some great things God is doing. And I believe that prayer is the foundation of everything that we experience here in our church. Next Sunday, March the 13th, mark your calendar next Sunday, our district superintendent, Brother Daryl Weber, will be ministering in the 11 o'clock service. Please come out and let's hear what Brother Weber would share with the church. And then finally, a tab has been added to the giving portion of the website. If you would like to give to support Ukraine and the humanitarian relief there, uh, there is that option now on the website. So please make a note of that. Would you stand with me this morning? As I said, we're getting ready to worship the Lord. And I want to challenge you today, and I'm challenging myself. Let's put ourselves in the path of what God is doing. We talk a lot about God pursuing us, and He does. The Bible, or Jesus gives the parable of, of leaving the 90 and 9 to go after the one. We understand that. But I also read in the New Testament, in the Gospels, where the crowds would anticipate where Jesus was going. He would sometimes try to go to a place alone, maybe a wilderness place, but the crowds would precede him to that place. They, they discerned and anticipated where Jesus was going and inserted themselves in his path. And so I just feel like that's our challenge today, is to understand the moving of the presence of God, understand what God would do in this service today, and insert ourselves into where and what he is doing. And the best way I know to do that is through our praise. I like to say a lot of times, I want to press my way into his presence with my praise and just anticipate what he is doing and getting on a wavelength with him through praise. So as the praise team leads us into his presence, would you just clap your hands and lift your voice and let's shout unto God with a voice of triumph. There is power in the name 
For your mercy never fails me All my days have been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will sing
sand and he sees two footsteps, two steps, steps of footsteps. And he's walking with God. And then there's a section where there's just one set of footsteps. And he questions God and he says, why did you leave me? Why did you forsake me? Why did you leave me to walk alone? And God said, I didn't leave you. That was the moment where I picked you up and I carried you. My goodness, my grace, my glory picked you up and I carried you through that season. I carried you through that trial. I carried you through that place where you thought you were alone. And I'm telling you this morning, if you're in a season of trial, if you're in a season where you feel like you're alone, His goodness and mercy is here right now. He wants to reach out. He wants to carry you through it right now. If you would just lift Him up, if you would just begin to praise Him, thank Him for that goodness. Thank Him for that
And that's just how I feel today in the presence of the Lord. My heart feels full. It's running over, but I'm still not satisfied. I just want more. I want more. I want more. Hallelujah. Perhaps, perhaps when David said, my cup runneth over, Jesus took it a huge step further. When he said in the New Testament, his earthly ministry out of your inmost being shall flow rivers of living water. It just won't be a cup running over, but it's going to be a river running out of you. And that's how I feel here today. Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. You can return to your seats. Thank you. And you may be seated for a moment. I'm still inspired when I see our young folks worshiping so sincerely, so beautifully in the presence of the Lord. And I just felt like watching some of them just really express their excitement and uh, just their, their jubilation, I guess, for the presence of the Lord. They just can't stand in one spot. And uh, they, they have to move their feet. And uh, I'm still waiting for that to happen just beyond the first two rows of Grace Church. You can be older than 12, 13, 18, whatever, and rejoice in the Lord. Does anybody feel me here today? Thank the Lord. And uh, But I noticed today, and I'm so excited, Bryson, if you'll come up here, buddy. Thank the Lord. He was one of the ones that just took out around the church this morning, both hands in the air both hands in the air, worshiping God, praising the Lord. And uh, he has a good, good reason to be doing that this morning because God beautifully filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost last Sunday. Isn't that awesome? Yes, indeed. Yes, sir. Amen. Thank the Lord. Now. You think this is something with the rejoicing. The Bible said that heaven rejoices. The angels rejoice over one sinner that repents. And I can just imagine there was a hoedown going on in heaven last Sunday when God beautifully filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He's just excited about that as he is somebody that's 50 years old. It doesn't matter. It's someone that's come to him that believes in him. Love, Bryson great kid. He's the one that started that Dr. Pepper thing, by the way. Y'all remember that? It was, a, it was a sign of things to come. Did you drink a Dr. Pepper last Sunday before church? You did? That's the reason he got the Holy Ghost. Some of you that want the Holy Ghost maybe need to start drinking Dr. Pepper before you come to church. Now, may have something. It's not scriptural, but you never know. It may have something to do with it. We have a certificate for you, buddy, that you received the Holy Ghost last Sunday been baptized in the beautiful name of Jesus and now that you've been baptized and have the Holy Ghost now is the time to maintain it right you want to keep the Holy Ghost that's right so you keep worshiping Bryson you keep worshiping the Lord and uh, maybe what got a hold of you this morning will one day get a hold of your daddy I'm teasing I'm teasing love the Storms family love Bryson let's give them some appreciation shall we (laughs) amen Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Along with Brother Dave, I would like to ask all of you to remember, uh, if you can, to contribute to uh, the United Pentecostal Church's effort, actually, to minister to our missionaries in Ukraine. And uh, we have a contact point, and I've had 
several texts about it and what have you, but we have a tab on our website now that you can give to it. Some of you already have, and thank you so very much for that, and please keep these people in your prayers. Thank the Lord. They're not the underdog. They're not going down in defeat. God's church has never gone down in defeat, and it never will. God's coming back after a church that's victorious, that's powerful, that's loving Him, that's worshiping Him. And I believe when the rapture takes place, there's going to be some people taken out of the country of Ukraine in spite of all that that's going on over there. And they're going to go to heaven just like the rest of the church will. And I believe that in Jesus' name. Thank the Lord. So remember that if you would. Stand with me again if you would. We're so thankful to have Brother Greg Albritton here again with us today. And I just can't say enough about the service last Sunday. And uh, I've prayed two or three times this week. Uh, particularly at home, and said, God, don't worry. By the help of God, you'll never have to build for me a prayer room. I will build my own. And uh, I'm determined to be what God wants me to do and to do whatever it is God wants me to do. What a message last Sunday. What a message. What a move of God. I'm so thankful for men that are sensitive to the voice of God. I am. That listen to God, that let God use them in whatever capacity that he chooses and brother Greg Albritton is one of those men we're honored to have him here again with us today would you welcome him as he comes to minister to us again the word of God good morning Grace Church Central it's great to be with you all today amen turn to your neighbor and tell him good morning Wait, did you smile when you did it? Let's do it again. Turn to your neighbor and say good morning. Give them a good smile. Amen. Let them know you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord. Can you do me one more favor? It may be somebody to the other side or in front of you, behind you. See, I come to every single church service believing that God will have something for every single person that's open to something from God. Amen. I, I just come to church believing from the young to the elders to all in between, that if you're hungry for something from God at any point in your journey of first-time guest or someone who's been to church every Sunday for 52 years in a row, any, any person that comes to church and says, God, I'm open, I'm hungry, I believe God has something for you in the house of the Lord. So would you turn to your neighbors again and say, I believe Jesus wants to bless you today. Just say in your own words, I believe he wants to love on you. Amen. I believe that he has something for you. Amen. I was thinking a moment ago, as the leaders were saying, let's give God a hand clap of praise. They said, that. well, that's good. Y'all did it again. I like that. I like to think of it as a standing ovation. Hallelujah. And then there was a couple times, I don't know if they said it, but I looked around and people were just lifting their hands to the Lord. See, let me let me just take a moment. There's several meanings. That's a universal sign of surrender. That's a universal sign of praise. I mean, somebody scores a touchdown or something and people will go. And I just got to thinking just for a moment there, between our, our outward expressions 
of praise, surrender, of honor in Jesus. I, I, I just thought of it for a moment this way. There wasn't a crowd. There were a few of the disciples and followers at a distance when Jesus was crucified. They were in hurt. They were in pain. They were suffering. They were, were seeing their beloved Christ crucified on the cross. There wasn't a crowd there to say the greatest act of love humankind has ever seen is being performed. The, the act that will bring salvation that causes our sins to be forgiven. There wasn't a crowd there that day like when somebody kicks a field goal or makes a three-pointer. There wasn't a crowd to go, yeah, so I get to come to church every Sunday and say my Jesus did that for me. I worship him. I surrender to him. I praise him. I'm in excitement about what he's done and what he's going to do. Hallelujah. Oh, let's do it one more time. A standing ovation. Amen. 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 It's so good to be back with you all. What a beautiful time. I never want to take for granted when God meets with us as he did last Sunday. So sweet, so pure, loving on our lives and ministering to us. Lord, we thank you. Never want to take for granted that I'm a part of a church that allows that to happen, that believes in the moving of God in 2022. It's not, it's not out of date. It didn't quit happening. It still happened. Amen. And, and I'm honored to have my boy with me today, Creed. Would you let everybody see? Amen. Sitting in the boy section right there. Amen. My nine-year-old, Creed, love, love my little man. And what a treat we had yesterday. Came in uh, early afternoon, mid-afternoon, and we're able to spend time with brother and sister Murphy and with the Wadleys and with uh, Noah and Joseph. And just, just a wonderful, wonderful time. And then last night... Uh, carried the boys to one of the local, local trampoline places, and I was I was wiser this time because last time I just couldn't take the temptation, and I, I I got me some of those socks and I paid the money and I went and jumped, and and on a simple little thing of just the slanted things, I was just gonna jump up and bounce back. My back did something. And I walked like this for about two weeks, and I'm like, nah, not again. I retire. But, um, but it was so neat. While there last night, ran into an old, old buddy, an old youth camp buddy that we used to play ball together, have fun at youth camp. Dale Font knows his name. He was from Eunice, lives in the area now. But that was so neat to see. You never know when you're making youth camp buddies, amen, when you'll see them throughout the rest of your life. And we had a great visit and a great talk, amen. So just a treat and a good day yesterday. Let's look in the word of the Lord. Luke chapter 17, Luke chapter 17, verse 12 through 14. I want to take a pause. Where's the camera that goes to online? Is that what I'm seeing right there in the middle? I want to look right in that camera because as we were worshiping, I felt something. I don't know who it may be, two, five, ten, maybe 20 people that this is for. But someone's watching online. God's not just going to move in this house today. God's not just going to move in this, our headquarters. I want to I be in the house of the Lord. 
But I want to look in that camera and tell somebody, lock in in the spirit because God's got a blessing for you. He's going to come right in your home, right in that hospital room or wherever you're at. And the spirit is going to minister to you today. Amen. Luke chapter 17. Let's look at verses 12 through 14. And this is the story of 10 lepers that came, met Jesus. Let's read the story. Verse 12, as Jesus entered into a certain village, there met him 10 lepers, 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Leprosy in that day, there was no cure for it. Many times those with leprosy would actually have to live in a, an encampment outside the gates of the city because of the, the implications or the, the fear. Uh, we understand all that with all the COVID stuff that's going on the last few years. They, they didn't know what to do or how to handle it. So the lepers would be uh, living their own encampment. They stood afar off, but they knew it was Jesus. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus! Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus, verse 14, when he saw them, said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. Now that's a pretty heavy statement because it was the priest, not the medical doctor in that day, it was the priest who diagnosed them with leprosy, which meant, it was going to have implications for the rest of their lives. So now Jesus is saying, go back to the priest. Show yourself. And it came to pass. Please notice this statement. It came to pass as they went. Somebody say that with me. As they went, they were cleansed. That means... When they heard the instruction and received the direction from Jesus, they weren't healed yet. But as they obeyed, as they followed the Lord's leading and turned, they, their minds could have said, why are we going to show ourselves to the priests? We have leprosy. But as they turned and they began taking some steps, they were healed they were cleansed so as in this case and several times throughout the word of God some of the notable miracles of the Bible happened in seemingly unconventional manners and many of them involved taking a step of and I want to minister this morning on that subject, taking a step of faith. Lord, your sweet, pure anointing is in this house again. And we're so humbled and grateful as we worship you and pray and call on your name. You meet with us. You choose to meet with us. And we sense that and we feel that and we receive that. 
Amen. I've talked to folks who went to church all their life, but churches that weren't open to the moving of the Spirit and friends who never felt God's presence as we are privileged to in this place today. Thank you, Lord. Your word is anointed. Let your spirit be very active in this house today. Let your word and spirit join together the, the powerful forces of your kingdom to minister in every single life every single home unit and family represented in this house today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless and you may be seated. Would you say it with me? Taking a step of faith. In the Old Testament, there was a man named Naaman. The Bible said he was a great and an honorable man. He was a captain of the armies of Syria, and he was also, as the men in our text, Naaman was a leper. He was a part of the nation of Syria. They did not serve the one true God, Jehovah. He could not find help. He could not find direction. A great man, an honorable man, a respected man, a man who had the ear of the king, a favor of the king, and favor of those he led. He couldn't find help or hope. He had a little servant girl in his home that said, all hope is not lost. There's a prophet in my nation of Israel that he he's a powerful man and walks with God. And you, before you say it's hopeless, you need to go see him. So the king of Syria writes a letter to the king of Israel. And a meeting is set up for Naaman to come and to meet with the prophet Elisha. And so we join this story in 2 Kings chapter 5. And let's look at verse 9. The Bible said, So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot. Everybody say he has leprosy. And stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Elisha sent a messenger unto him saying, Please note, Elisha didn't even come outside. Now, I know Elisha, that man was a bold prophet. It wasn't that he had any concern about the leprosy. This must have just been what he felt to do. He sent a messenger outside and said, Go wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee. Leprosy, brutal. It could cause uh, it could cause flesh to, to rot, for lack of a better term. It was, uh, it was terrible. And, and the prophet said, if you'll go wash in the Jordan River, your flesh, the places that have been affected, will come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. The prophet spoke. If you will follow these simple instructions... You will be healed. Naaman, verse 11, was wroth. He was angry. He got upset. He just had a formula. He just had a statement that was specific to his circumstance that was going to, the prophet said, be restorative, healing, bring health to his life. But he became angry and went away. And please note this. I have looked at this verse several times this week. He was angry and he said, Behold, I thought 
<laughs> notice this. I, I got to looking at this this week. I'm like, this is before, before this is before any of the technology, any of the media. He didn't have social media. He didn't even have a chance to watch TV preachers and how they did it. But he had a mindset that said, here's what I thought. I had it all planned out. When I got to the prophet's front door, he was going to come out. Look, he has everything. He was going to come out to me and stand. And he was going to call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. In other words, in his mind, the prophet was going to come out and say, Oh, sir, I see that you aren't well. In the name of the Lord God, Jehovah, be healed. Is that okay? Is that an okay interpretation? I think he even saw in his mind how he was going to do it. I want him to do it just like that. And say, Jesus, just right. But he didn't do that. He said, go dip in the Jordan River seven times. You will be healed. And so then Naaman goes on to say, Are not Abana and Farfar, rivers of Damascus? They're better than all these waters. May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. The man needs a healing. And now he's comparing waters. Our rivers are just better than y'all. You're sick. You need healing. It's not time for a water analysis. The prophet just said, go baptize yourself seven times. So he has a servant that said to him in verse 13, several, they spake to him and said, my father, our dear leader, our, 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 our Naaman, if the prophet told you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? How much rather than? He just simply said, wash and be clean. And somewhere processed in that mind, man's mind, and he went down into the Jordan River, and he dipped himself seven times. And the Bible said his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. God used that prophet to say, I'm not going to just do it all fancy and pretty just like you thought. It's going to involve, sir, it's going to involve you simply taking a few steps of faith, amen, and trusting that God was going to honor his word when you take that step of faith. Seven times. I, I wonder if he looked after five and six going, this ain't, this ain't working too good. The Lord said, take this step of faith, and healing will come, and healing came. Another story in the Old Testament, Israel was needing to cross the Jordan River. God had already, through Moses, separated the waters of the Red Sea when the Egyptians were behind, and their lives were threatened, and God miraculously divided the waters of the Red Sea. Now the leader is Joshua. And God said, I'm going to show the people I'm with you just like I was with him. And they're at the Jordan River. 
And the Lord said in Joshua chapter 3 verse 8, Command the priests, tell them to put the ark on their shoulders. And when they come to the brink of the Jordan, and the Jordan was flooded at this time of year, was high, the waters were high. Amen. He said, when you come to the brink, to the edge of the river, said, tell those priests to stand in the edge, to step in the edge of the water. You drop down to verse 13. The Bible said, it shall come to pass. Putting a little word on you this morning. It shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord of all the earth, that the, the rest the, shall rest, as soon as their feet shall rest in the waters, that the waters of Jordan, shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand in a heap. The Lord said, notice that, verse 13, as soon as, not a moment before, but as soon as the soles of their feet stand in that water, the miracle's going to start taking place. I wonder how they felt two steps before going, this is a little bit awkward. What if nothing happens? We're just going to be wading and getting our feet wet. We're just going to. But the Bible said, the Lord said, when, spush, spush, when that happens, I'm about to show you my power. And the next few verses, that's exactly what happened. As their feet stepped into the edge of that water, amen, the water stopped. The waters, amen, and they were able to cross on dry ground. It was a step of faith. Now, let's move to the New Testament. There are times that Jesus just said, rise up, be healed. That happened. But I want you to notice in John chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. John chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. It's a blind man. That's before Jesus needing to be healed. Now, I'm just, just go ahead and take a moment with me. We, we've packaged Jesus up to be real, real pretty and nice. Oh, Jesus loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants to. I, 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 I do the same thing. I mean, if I'm praying for somebody, especially if, if it's somebody that may be new to pray, I'm, I'm so very careful. I, 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 I just say, is it okay if I touch you, if, if I pray with you, you know, in the name of Jesus? I, I try not to just, boy, I've known a couple of evangelists back in, my, back in the days. They seem to pride themselves on needing. You're going to have to go to the chiropractor tomorrow if Jesus don't heal you because I'm going to push a miracle into the top of your head. Amen. I know you worked a few minutes on that hairdo, but I'm about to mess it all up, you know. No, no, I try to be careful. But Jesus wasn't always just this little rise up and be healed. Oh, this one, there's no way to make this one pretty. There's no way to make, this is unconventional. I don't know why he did it this way sometimes. Y'all are getting really nervous. It's all right. Amen. But notice, there's a blind man needing healing. And Jesus. You can read it in any version you want. He spits on the ground, gets a little dirt, makes a couple mud balls. Boy, you want to heat, you want to, you want, you want to get a large crowd? I encourage you. Go teach a healing, healing seminar on how to make good mud balls. See what happens. Mud. Jesus put mud in the guy's eyes and said, hey, go wash 
in the pool of Siloam. You're blind. I'm telling you, you go somewhere blind, so you got to navigate as a blind person to find. And you're going to have these mud balls plastered on your eyes. Some of you ladies are laughing. Y'all do all kind of stuff to keep your skin looking good. Y'all do mud treatments and cucumber tree, all this kind of stuff. Any of y'all went to bed last night with cucumbers on your eyes so you could look pretty this morning? I won't say who, but somebody just pointed out their neighbor. That's but Jesus put mud on this guy's eyes and said, now you find your way. Get somebody to help you find your way to the pool of Siloam. I wonder if anybody asked, man, what's going on? New, 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 new wrinkle treatment? No, I'm on the way. Jesus said, I could be healed. And that man had a need. And he was not worried about taking a step of faith. And the Bible said he went his way, therefore, and washed. But when he washed, something happened. Something transformed in his life. And a miracle took place. And that man could see. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, I've put the word on you for a little while this morning. Now, I just want to share a few stories of taking a step of faith. I, do y'all happen to have an offering basket or offering bag? I, I'm not certain how y'all take the offering. I meant to ask earlier. If not, we'll just imagine an offering plate or an offering basket or something. So I see somebody looking. They, they may do that. So about 2015, maybe 2016. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it so very much. God's going to give you a blessing for walking up while everybody's sitting down looking at you. Thank you so much. So it was general conference, 2015 or 16. I'd have to go back and look. My family had just moved back from pastoring in Colorado at the beginning of 2015. So I'm going from pastoring the last eight years to God. God spoke very clear that, and I knew I was going to minister from church to church, and that was that was my calling for that portion. Of my life, so I'm I'm back in Louisiana, living in Alexandria, and just had this assumption: God's going to open the doors. We're going to be seeing revival every Sunday somewhere, and great things are going to happen. Instead, it was some challenging seasons of trusting the Lord. Family of five, and I'm not one that's ever an evangelist. Is kind of like self-employed, and and pastors, you know, give you the privilege, and it's an honor. And thank you for inviting us to minister. It's a privilege, and then pastors bless your family. Churches do with love offerings. That's how you make it. And I know if I can hit on the, the TV evangelists again, I know sometimes we get the view, all those evangelists, they're just raking in the cash. They got these private jets, and uh, yeah, that's them. That's not most of the people that's following God's calling. One of my favorite stories, I heard a story, one of those fellas took up an offering one time at one of his meetings and had his staff count it. He came to the pulpit and said, he said, folks, I'm here to tell you that offering was only $12,000. That's not even enough money for fuel for my jet. So I've been known a couple times to try to take up an offering. I told him it's fuel for my jet. <laughs> and then Brother David, I tell him, I said, if we ever get that money raised, then we're going to raise some money so I get me a jet. But we were in a time where 
uh, it, the ministry just wasn't unfolding and the finances were kind of tight and situation with my mother in the nursing home and private pay, just some things that had happened through the years and some attorneys, things didn't work out just right. So it was private pay all the way through. And so I tell my wife, challenges there in the finances. So I, I remember telling my wife, let's go to general conference. I counted. There were 13 Sundays left in the year. Family of five. It's my only income. I committed to that, to serve the Lord in that manner. And, and, and I'd look, and I was only preaching somewhere two of those 13 Sundays. That's not your flaming evangelist. That's not the whole world needs to hear you preach. That stay home and memorize the book of Leviticus and hope things get better. So I say, let's go to general conference. Maybe there's a lot of ministers there that spend the money and go, and maybe we'll get some invitations to minister. I remember that week. There were so many of my pastor friends that their spiritual gifts were off that week because they would shake my hand and they'd say, I know you're booked up for a good long time, but down the line, we're going to have you come preach. I was like, you don't know what you're saying. You're wrong. I didn't say that. On the day that that night was missions night, it was our last day there because I did have to drive home on Friday to then repack and drive on Saturday to the New Orleans area where I was preaching for one of those two Sundays for the rest of the year. On that day, I was on the phone with the banks all day working on, I think it was a $30,000 loan connected to my mom's situation. Frustrated. Broke. Not one invitation to preach. And I go to the mission service, which are always so powerful because it's exposing the mission's vision and what people are doing all over the world that reaches into your heart so beautiful and thank you last Sunday we spent a little time sharing about and today again the, the, the our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and man our hearts are just reaching out and praying and believing but in those mission service it just it just rips my heart out and I'm in that service leaving the next morning this is my last service and at the end I remember just crying and praying and and, and, and they, they had buckets across the front. I'm going to let this, this offering basket represent the bucket. They had buckets across the front, and they had cards, pledge cards. And they said, if anybody would like to make a pledge to support missions here. And so I took a card, and I remember, I remember, he just came on me. It's like, I can sell some stuff. I can, I can do whatever it takes. But they said, you know, this was late September, like, or you, you can just take care of this by the end of the year if you make this pledge. So I remember I put a number for me that at that moment was, was big. And I don't mind telling you because it, it was God. I felt impressed to give $1,200. And I'm like, by the end of the year, I can come up somehow with $1,200. So I wrote it on that card, put it in the bucket. And I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus. Somehow you're going to make a way. And would you believe one of those guys leading the service had the nerve. I don't remember which one it was, but he had the nerve to say, oh, by the way, if you've already filled out a pledge card, but God puts another number on your heart. He said, just get another pledge card, write your name and information very clearly, 
and just make a note. Please void my first pledge. He said, we'll be glad to figure that out. And I remember sitting there and I was like, no, you didn't. And God, I'm talking, he settled a number on me. It was just so clear. More than four times the first amount. You're to pledge $5,000. And I remember the first one I could figure that that's doable somehow. The second one, I remember, I said, okay, Lord, I don't have it. I'll write it down. And I looked up at the ceiling, and I pointed my finger, and I said, the first one I thought I could kind of figure out, but this one's on you. And I put the card in the basket. See, that was my step of faith. Somehow, if you get it to me, I'm not keeping it. I'm giving it straight to you. Got in the car the next day, drove to Alexandria. Got in the car the next day, drove to New Orleans. Preached that morning, and we had pretty good church. And at lunch, my friend said, where have you been? Now, mind you, after preaching this day, I wasn't going to be anywhere for the next eight Sundays. Home, working on that Leviticus project. <laughs> he said, where have you been? I was blah, 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 blah. He said, where are you going next? And I went, uh. And while I went, uh, he said, the reason I'm asking is because when you drove into town last night, the Lord impressed me that our church needs your ministry and that you're to stay with us for the next five weeks. Is there any way you can make that happen? And I said, hang on. I said, hang on, let me look. Yes, we can make that happen. And God dealt with me to pay you double this first week because he, he told me your family needs it. And he said, we are to bless you throughout this revival. And I began to preach that revival. And every week I began putting money aside for that pledge. And I'm like, Lord, thank you for opening the doors. And at this rate, I'm going to write them a note and see if they'll give me till June. And I'll try to put, you know, $800 or $1,000 a month extra toward this missions pledge and get it done. And by the time that revival ended, I remember I was checking the mail and where we had the little the ironing board set up in the little utility room. I remember I was set checking the mail and I, I received a check that was absolutely unexpected in the amount that it came. And I was absolutely unprepared to look down and see that number. Now, it's been five weeks since that mission pledge. My first statement to my wife was, we can fix the car. My second statement was, we can fix the car and go on vacation. And my third statement was, we can pay all of our missions pledge right now and have some left over. And I'll never forget the moment because I thought I told her in that service what I put on the second card. Apparently, I didn't. And she said, what did you put on that card? And then as she always did, she said, write the check. God provided. And in five weeks, what I thought would take six or eight months, God provided in full because of a step of faith. The next year, we're kind of back in a bind again, but we didn't have plans to go to general. By the way, I, I preached every Sunday the rest of the year except one. God just opened the doors. He had me in a bind in a place where a step of faith was needed, and it broke things open. 
The next year, we weren't even going to general conference, but on the Wednesday night before general conference, Pastor Anthony Mangan was teaching, and the Lord spoke to me. Just if I don't hear audible voices. It's just impressions. And he said, you're, you're not even going this year. And he was speaking on giving. He said, you're not even going to general conference this year, but text your pastor and tell him that you would like to double your pledge from last year. I'm like, oh, yeah. That was four times what I thought was pretty good, but you took care of it. And we wrote that down, texted it to our pastor. And at General Conference, he made a pledge for us. And for the next 10 weeks, money just came from everywhere. And in 10 weeks, that pledge was made. And God showed me in that stuff, sometimes I'll break open things in your life. Sometimes I'll shift you to the next level when you obey me and take a step of faith when it doesn't make sense, when it doesn't seem to compute, when it doesn't seem to align, but you honor the Lord. Y'all know that I've been in a revival in the Oklahoma City area for, for three weeks before I came here. And, I, and in the next few weeks, we'll be going back there. And, and on a Sunday night, there's a lady, even we've known them through Bible quizzing, and, and they're, they're in that church there. Their, their last name is the Durham's wonderful family. And on a Sunday night, she said she was in that altar, and she said, God, this just happened about three weeks ago. She said, God, they, they have some, they haven't told me details, but apparently they have some financial challenges. And she said the next few months, and her husband said that there's just some, some challenges that's going to require some strong finances. And I'm not sure all those details, but she said she was in that altar, and she said it happened to her so very strong. She said God spoke to her. And I'm not preaching about money today, but sometimes God will use it for a trigger. But she said God dealt with her. Said you go back to your purse. You get every dime you can find. You write check. You do cash. I don't know what she gave. I don't know how it happened. I just know she said God dealt with her. And she said she just was getting everything she could to put in that offering because she felt it so strong from God. And on Monday night, that church had Monday night revival as well. And she said on Monday night, she came. She said, you're not going to believe. You're not going to. I just got to. And I, it was during church. And I, said, I can't tell you now, but you, you, you got. And, and so I was like, well, I'm, I can't wait till after church. And after church, she said, I went to work on Monday. And she said, just a few hours in, my boss has called me in. She said, oh, no, I'm getting fired. What happened? Things have been going great. And she said, we decided to make an unannounced announcement. She found out later that one of the bosses just felt that morning we've got, it wasn't planned. They didn't walk through all their progressions. They didn't walk through all their steps. It was a huge deal. But one boss said, we just got to tell them today. He made the decision on that Monday morning that they have to tell them today. The company was in, I don't understand all how this works, but the, their company was in the process of being sold. And and, and as part of that process, they were, there were stocks and dividends or something that the employees who were vested, whatever that means, you businessmen can know all that stuff, amen. But, but that, that she had been there just a few weeks over one year, and they said, we had a meeting and decided that you've worked here long enough, you are vested, and you're getting the same thing as all the rest. And they were selling all the stocks in that company and said, not just a bonus, but you're getting blah, blah, blah. And she received on that one Monday the information that she was going to get a bonus equal to one half of her year's salary all in one payment and she said brother all britain i know i know i know i know i know it was connected god knew that was coming he said i just want you to take a step of faith and give what's in your pocket to god sometimes our miracles are it will involve go show yourself to the priest 
Well, I wanted you to say Shazam in Jesus' name. Shake my head just right. Amen. And say, Jesus, you know. And, and, and God said, no, no. Sometimes it's going to be you stepping out in an aisle. Sometimes it's going to be you saying, God, here's $100. I don't know how you're going to multiply it. Sometimes it's going to be you, amen, taking that step of faith, saying, I'll show you I believe in you. i show you I think you're able. I'll let you know you're a big enough God. I trust you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in 2009, we're pastoring in Colorado. We're up against some stuff, trying to break through and have revival in Loveland, Colorado. And through a connection, Sister Jamie's, she ended up getting on the phone with an elder prophet evangelist. She had been to a couple of services years ago where him and his wife ministered. And on the phone, they began to pray, and then he got a hold of me, and we began to talk and began to pray. And that elder said, I believe I, I feel like I'm supposed to come to your church in Colorado and preach a revival. And I said, come on, elder. He had a trailer parked in the church parking lot. And they ended up being with us for nine Sundays and Wednesdays. Stayed right there in the parking lot. I want to tell you about this elder. He was an old warrior. Old warriors mean in, in the spirit, he wasn't afraid of any fight. He wasn't afraid of any battle in the spirit realm. He was an old warrior. Let me just take it a little further. He loved fighting the devil and winning. And I realized later, I don't know which one, I don't know if he loved Jesus the most or hated the devil the most. It was, it was he hated the devil. He was an old warrior, and he was unconventional. I mean, he might come to church, take his shoes off, and preach the whole church service, walking laps around the sanctuary. I, I mean, I can't remember what he talked about, but he, I, he just he just walking and preaching. I was like, you never know what to expect. So one Saturday night, he calls me, and he said, Brother Albright. I said, yes, sir. He said, I need two number three wash tubs. And I don't know. Some of y'all know what that means. I don't. Anybody know what that means? I think I'm saying the right number. Pretty good size, 10, big wash tub. He said, I need two wash tubs. He said, for church tomorrow. He said, I need one on each side of the pulpit. So I've kind of recreated that this morning. He said, I need one on each side of the pulpit. I said, yes, sir. And, 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 and he, 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 you know, I just said, well, I'm the pastor, you know, and he's saying he needs two wash tubs and, and some towels on each side of the pulpit. So I'm the pastor, and I, and I remember I said, well, Elder, um, we haven't foot washing in the morning? Well, no, Brother Greg, we're not going to have foot washing in the morning. By the way, I couldn't find any number three wash tubs on Saturday night, but I did find two turquoise plastic ones at Walmart. So we had turquoise plastic. Um, uh, I don't know if it looked the part, but it, it got the job done. And, and, and so he, I, he said, no, we're not having foot washing at all. So well, what? What, what do you have in mind? You know, he's pretty unconventional. I'm the pastor, and I'm trying to reach my antennas out in the spirit realm, and then I'm also like, whoa, wait, wait, okay, what's going on? We, we got civilized people going to be there tomorrow. So I said, what's going to happen? He said, well, I'm taking my text from John chapter 5, where the pool of Bethesda story was told, 
where it said there were impotent, blind, lame, crippled folks around this pool, and once a year, don't have the understanding, the Bible doesn't explain it, but once a year an angel would come and trouble the waters, and whoever could get in first would be healed. And that's always challenged me, that text, because here's people that's crippled that can't move fast or blind and can't see, and whichever one gets in first is the one that gets healed. That's kind of a paradox there. And when I seek the Lord on it, what I get is maybe it's just an illustration that you do whatever it takes when God's moving. You do whatever it takes to try to get in the middle where healing's taking place, where ministry's taking place. But the elder said, I'm going to preach from that text. And I believe Jesus is going to meet with us. And I believe he wants to touch some people's lives. And he said, and at the end of the service for the altar service, he said, I, I, um, he said, I, I'm just going to have these tubs there. And he said, I'm just going to ask if any, he said, there's no power in the water, the power's in Jesus. But he said, I'm just going to ask if anybody wants to step in the water tub, it just represents, it represents them taking a step of faith, to put it in our words this morning, that they're saying, God, we want to step in the waters and believe that you can touch our life. And so I said, okay, elder, we'll find the water tubs, and inside I'm going, now Jesus, you got to help us. We got business leaders, you got wonderful people in our church. I'm not sure people's going to want to take their socks and shoes off and line up and step in a tub. And what if you're the fourth person to step in the tub, and the third person did not take a bath last night? Like, like what's the deal? Yeah, I see that face. Y'all think I'm all spiritual because I'm the pastor. Honey, my thoughts were thinking all this stuff. Like, is anybody like, okay, elder, you're kind of wild. You're an old devil fighter. We'll see. Silly me. Because at the end of that service, they got in line all the way. Oh, yeah, the ones that... That had the business that had the greatest income in the church, the ones who who were over 14 Walmarts, yeah, an executive leader, the one who did the there in lines, taking socks and shoes off, standing in line, people crying, wanting to stand. And while that began to happen, a lady come up to me. Her name was her her performance name was Lady Magic. She was she played basketball at College of University of Missouri as far on their Hall of Fame. Uh, as far as I know, she's still the three-point leader for the University of Missouri. Played pro ball overseas. She led a team called the Harlem Ambassadors, not the Globetrotters, but kind of uh, kind of uh, patterned after that. They would go into high schools and teach, get your education, don't do drugs, and then they would do a show in that community and had dunkers and dribblers and all of that, and, and they, they trained right there in our area. And she had some Pentecost background. She would bring the whole team to our church sometimes. She was at church that day, a Hall of Fame college basketball player comes up to me and she she says brother Albritton may I ask your permission to do something I said what's that she said as people are getting out of this tub she they had a stack of towels she said as she said is it okay I feel like the Lord just impressed me can I kneel beside them and can I dry their feet as they get out I feel like it's what God she wasn't even a member of our church she said I feel like it's what God wants me to do today on on the other side was another wash tub a gentleman came up a man that I had met in a local sport store and we became friends. I didn't know when I met him in the sports store that he was a 
decorated Marine, that he was simply working in the sports store to unwind from his tour of duty in Iraq, and he just wanted to unwind from a few months from all the PTSD-type things and just, just relax in a hunting store. He was a mechanical engineer. He, right now, he's second leadership over the whole state of Montana for all their rivers, all their hydroelectric plants. A wonderful, powerful man. He, he trained marksmanship in the Marines. He trained martial arts in the Marines. His dad piloted Kenneth Copeland. His uncle piloted an evangelist named Perry Stone. They're pilots. They're engineers. They're all of that. And he had some Pentecostal background, and he was coming to our church some, and he's on the other side saying, is it okay? I feel like the Lord just impressed me. Can I kneel right here like she's doing over there, and can I dry everybody's feet who comes out of that washed up and pray over them that Jesus will touch their lives? And that day, it probably took 45 minutes to an hour. People lined up, taking their turn to just stand. In. Again, the water doesn't have any, didn't have any power. It was just people saying, Jesus, we're taking a step of faith, believing for you to touch our home. Finally, after about an hour, it's finally settling down, finally wrapping up. Emery, my oldest daughter, was five. We had only been in Colorado for two years. She had had, we had had so much challenges with things with her health, and she was diagnosed at one of the earliest onset for the doctor that treated us, a pediatrician out of Opelousas that specialized in allergies and children and stuff. And, 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 and at two and a half, three years old, uh, I remember when they did that grid test on her back, just, oh, just, just, uh, you, some of y'all that's had allergies, you know what I'm talking about. But she had, potentially fatal, like the highest levels of peanut, peanut oil, peanut allergy, and shellfish allergies. And so from three to five years old, we couldn't go to a restaurant, but my wife didn't just talk to the person at the front desk. She didn't just talk to the host or the hostess. She's like, I need the chef. I need them to come out. I remember a couple times, you know, like at P.F. Chang's, I'm like, come on, Jamie. I mean, she's, she's taking this 10-minute deal. No, no, come out. Do you wash the pots between cooking? Do you use peanut oil? I need to know. Twice during that time span, teenagers were in the news, fatalities for eating a candy bar with peanut butter in it or something like that. And it was serious. And that little sweet child had that with shellfish and with peanut butter. And it was, it was a small child, three, four, five years old. They said one of the earliest onsets, it was strong. At the end of that altar service, people starting to talk. It started to settle down. It's been a long time of praying. And Jamie looks up and Emery my oldest at five is take off, took off her shoes and she's standing in the water and being the pastor's wife and the mom, Jamie runs over there and says, Emery, this is not a splash pool. This is not playtime. This is not time to cut up. That was serious. And she said, Mommy, I'm not playing. I'm praying for my peanuts. That's how that little doll worried, worded it. I'm praying for my peanuts. And Sister Jamie, if y'all know Jamie, if you knew Jamie, at that moment, it was on. Y'all understand? It was all the way on. Not kind of on, it was on. Amen. And Holy Ghost praying began to take place. Amen. And that next week, an appointment was made and took that child to an allergist, a child allergist, pediatrician in Colorado. They couldn't find an allergy to peanut. They couldn't find an allergy to God healed that little girl because she heard a word and she took a step of faith. 
Come on, let's just give the Lord. God honored a childlike faith. Fast forward. Probably get a little emotional, but it's okay. Fast forward to 2019. We'd experienced precious bride that I've mentioned. We'd experienced a full mental emotional breakdown that she experienced. Total breakdown. Tragically lost her in May of 19. And I became a single parent dad, two teenage girls, six-year-old boy. Then January of 2020, year old boy. He was going through a, a lot of hurts, as you can imagine. He began to communicate on some of the trips that he traveled with me. I remember one particular one going to Lake Charles. Daddy, how can a little boy hurt this bad? And I began to tell him, Creed, he had been baptized. And I began to tell my little boy, you need the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is not going to fix everything, but God can get inside of us and be strength to help us through some of these hurts. So in our praying, let's start asking Jesus to fill you with the Holy Ghost. That was in the months early 2020. And then in March, COVID begins to happen. Same March of 2020, COVID begins to happen. And everybody's in experiencing the unknown. But I was still preaching. And on Wednesday night, before our state shut down, on Thursday, I know it was a Thursday because we had had tickets to go see the Harlem Globetrotters coming to Alexandria. Somebody had given me an extra offering. And I said, I'm going to treat this little boy right. We weren't just going to see the Globetrotters. We were sitting like on the second row. We were getting there an hour before it started. We were getting to meet them. We, we, we were going to have a time. And all this was when the COVID stuff was starting to happen. And we had a, a paper chain that had 14 links on it. And we were all the way down to two links left. And then one link, I mean, it was, it was almost to the day. And on Wednesday night, I preached in one of our rural Louisiana churches where you drive 30 minutes into the woods and then all of a sudden it's a huge parking lot with 900 pickup trucks and it's a church. And that night I hadn't for probably, I, it's a beautiful story about my daughter getting healed, stepping in that tub of water. But I hadn't told that story in years. And on Wednesday night, I didn't know the state was getting shut down the next day. Globetrotters were going to, I didn't know all that. But on that Wednesday night, I shared that story with that church. I didn't think to get it for an illustration or anything. I just shared the story. On Thursday, the stake shuts down. I'm more worried telling my boy the Globetrotters canceled than I am telling him about the issues in the whole country. I mean, we've been looking forward to that. That was our big deal. So I gathered all my kids in the room Thursday night. I began to talk. I gave this great speech. I must have gave a great speech because he said, I, I'm proud of the Globetrotters. They're helping us all be healthy. I'm like, yeah, I did good. And then he heard that word virus. 
And if you'll remember, in 2017, I was between life and death with West Nile virus in a hospital off and on for three months, learned to walk again. And it, somewhere in that Thursday night conversation, it turned to terror. Never been squeezed so tight. I don't want my daddy to die. And the cries came out so loud. And I turned to my little boy and said, Creed, this is one of those times daddy was telling you we need the Holy Ghost. And I coached him. Some of you have done this with your kids. By the way, who was that got the Holy Ghost last Sunday? Was that man you looking sharp in that suit? I heard you, I heard you prayed for the Holy Ghost strong the last few months. Is that correct? Amen, church. Is that correct? I honor you, man. When it's time to get the Holy Ghost, you just go at it. And so I coached Creed a little bit. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Creed, tell Jesus you love me. I love you, Jesus. And, you know, tell him you want Jesus to live on the inside. And I may have coached him for three or four minutes, but I didn't have to coach anything for the next 30 to 45. That little man prayed. He prayed so good. His sisters prayed good for about 10 or 12 minutes. Don't tell him I'm telling on him. But they said, Daddy, this is awesome. We're going to bed. Me and Creed, I prayed them girls, man. And Creed kept praying in that king-size bed in our master bedroom. I call it, I call it, you know, the, the stammering lips, the, 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 the kids' Holy Ghost, where they, they don't know fully how to form it all. But, man, God, and he's praying. And me and him's in there praying for a long time. And all of a sudden, he darts off the bed. And he goes into the master bathroom. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, he must have had to go to the bathroom kind of bad or something. I don't know. And all of a sudden, I hear water running. And he comes back in, and he prays in the bed. He prays for a little while, and he said, hey, I got to go. And he, and he goes in the bathroom. This time, he didn't come back. And I walked in the bathroom that time, and there was three inches of water in the bottom of that bathtub. And that little boy was standing, and he had heard the story the night before. He's standing in the water in the middle of the bathtub. He's, he's talking in tongues, and he's saying, Jesus, it don't matter where you're at. It don't matter if you're in a church. It don't matter where you're at. You can be in a car, or you can be standing in your bathtub. God will give you the Holy Ghost. God will do something in your life, and God God baptized my boy with the Holy Ghost standing in three inches of water saying, I'm going to do. God healed my sister and God's given me the Holy Ghost. It wasn't the water. It was a step of faith. It was a step of faith that childlike and it, it just hit me a few weeks ago. God healed my daughter because she took us. I didn't step in the tub of water that day at that church. Everybody else in my church did. I didn't. And I didn't step in the water the night Creed got the Holy Ghost. But it just hit me so strong. There's some things I'm praying for. Please, please. I'm not grandstanding. But I'm fixing to step in that water. Because if God did a miracle for my kids, then I'm just going to believe God's going to do some things that I'm still praying. I'm not too big to take my shoes off.
Jesus. What I'm telling y'all right now is if it's just a simple step of faith to believe that God, God, I still have some things I'm praying for. There's some things we're asking you to do in our home. There's some things I'm asking you to do in our family. There's some things I'm asking you to do in my life. God, on this Sunday morning, I just take a moment and I take a step of faith praying for the miraculous to unfold, for the supernatural to unfold, for something from heaven, for the heavens to open up. I believe you're a miracle working God. I believe you're a prayer answering God. I believe you're a way making God. I believe you're a, a God who hears and receives our prayers. I'm talking to somebody today. I'm talking to this congregation today. I'm talking to this church today. Amen. God is in this house. Amen. It's simple steps of faith. It was just as simple as putting a pledge card in an offering basket. But God said, I'm going to honor that act of faith. It may Would you close your eyes and lift your hands to the heavens? Would you close your eyes and lift your hands to the heavens? Jesus, let virtue be released in this room right now. Jesus, your faith is already released in this house right now. Somebody can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody, it may be as simple as stepping out in the aisle and walking to the front. God may put an offering on your heart. God will lead pastor what to do with it. You may say, I, my business is locked up. I, I feel to give an offering. You, you, you may feel just to step out and come kneel. Amen. In Jesus' holy name. In Jesus' holy name. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. As you're crying, as you're praying, as you're talking to Jesus. How many of you need something supernatural in your life? You don't, don't be afraid. You need a miracle. You need something to unfold. Would you just be open? If God speaks to me, if God leads me, if God leads me, I'll turn and I'll go show myself to the priest. If God leads me, I'll go wash my eyes in the pool of Siloam. If God leads me, I'll put $100 in an offering basket that pastor will give to missions or do something with. I'll take a step of faith. Amen. I'm asking everybody that needs something from the heavens right now. Your step of faith can be stepping out in that aisle and come and standing at this altar right now. Come from all over the house. I'm asking. I'm leading. You may need the Holy Ghost. Come from the back. Come from the front. Come from anywhere in this house today. In Jesus' holy name. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. I'll never tell anybody to stand in that tub of water, but I'm going to tell you something. If somebody feels it, that's between you and Jesus. You just stand in that thing and believe. Amen. And you want to do something to get something from God? Amen. Let's lift our hands all across this room. God, I pray for this young man right now. He's reaching out to the Holy Ghost. Come on, there's an anointing in this room right now. There's power in this room right now. There's virtue from the, oh my, he's here, church. He's here. He's here in this house. Why? Why wash my eyes with mud balls on them? I don't know. But Jesus just said, it's going to seem a little unconventional. Jesus just said, it's going to seem a little different. There's no power in water in a basket. 
There's no power in water in a basket. Amen. But God said, just take a step of faith. Just take a step of belief that God is able. God is a, I understand there's steps that's unconventional. I understand it may seem a little different. Why do y'all all come to the front? Why do y'all all pray out loud? Why do y'all do that? It's a step of faith believing for the Holy Ghost to do a work. It's a step of faith believing for God to do a miracle. Why did you step out in the aisle? I needed something from Jesus. Why did you throw your hands to the heavens? I needed something from Jesus. Why are you crying out loud? I needed something from Jesus. I pray anointing from the heavens right now. I pray grace from the throne room right now. Ministry team, help me right now. Just walk around, lay hands on people. There's an anointing. Thank you. Ministry team, help us. Praying men, help us. Praying ladies, help us. Somebody could be healed from cancer today. Somebody can be healed from a sickness today. Somebody's business can shift today. God can do it. God can do it. You may be a businessman. Things may seem locked up, and God may say, give to, give to the kingdom. God will lead Brother Murphy. He'll find a missionary to send it to. That may be your step that unlocks. Let the Holy Ghost fall in this house today. Let the Holy Ghost fall in this house today. Let the Holy Ghost fall in this house today. Amen. Please exercise your faith. Lay hands on somebody near you. Lay hands on somebody close to you. Let the Holy Ghost work in somebody near you. In the name that's above every name. Let something become unlocked today. Let something be released today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Brother Greg, this is a little different. So is putting mud balls in a blind man's eye. Amen. But Jesus said it's going to break something open in your faith. ministry, praying men, praying ladies. Amen. You get your breakthrough. Make sure you're laying hands on somebody. Somebody needs a renewing in the Holy Ghost. Somebody's going to get a breakthrough today. Somebody's going to get a miracle today. Somebody's going to get something from the heavens today. Somebody's going to get something from the throne room today. <laughs> it's just a step of faith. 
Amen. It's a, it may be as simple as turning around and kneeling down at your seat. It may be as simple as kneeling down at your seat. It may be as simple as stepping to the altar. It may be as simple as saying, Pastor, would you anoint me with oil and pray over my family right now? We've been fought right now. We need a breakthrough. It may be as simple as that. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, God, let healing oil flow. God, let unction flow. God, let Holy Ghost renewing come. Be sensitive, church. Be sensitive. Don't be afraid to walk and find those to pray for. Don't be afraid to find those to take them on me. <laughs> Some of you are stepping in that tub of water literally. Amen. I just led you to do it figuratively. Some are doing it literally. God's going to honor that. I won't be surprised to hear miracles coming out of this day. I won't be surprised to hear answers coming out of this day. Some of you are going to receive miracles. Somebody come pray with our brother right now. I need a brother or two just to come right now and pray with us. so precious. God, you see this step of faith. God, you see this step of faith. God, you see this step of faith. Somebody come pray over this brother right now. Somebody dry his feet when he steps.
Hallelujah. Come on, Grace Church. Let's press on a few more minutes, everybody. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is still working. The Holy Ghost is still working. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody open your heart today. Somebody open your heart right now. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we, can we extend our hearts and our minds and our hands to heaven again? Let's praise the Lord, everybody. Let's praise the Lord, everybody. Let's praise the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is still working. The Spirit of the Lord is still working. The Spirit of the Lord is still working. The water's still troubled. Come on, everybody. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus.
You said. 